All right, everybody, we are live, we are back, and we are on episode 20 of In the Weeds, and extremely excited to have on what I would call a local San Diego legend, um, Coach Billy Moore, and I always start off by saying, Coach, I know you are extremely busy. Thank you for making the time to come on. Well, thank you, and thank you for making a space for us for us to come on. Absolutely. I... Uh, I gave you a little bit of a heads up on, on, on some of the stuff we wanted to talk about, and I think you're no stranger to what's going on in, in the crazy world right now that we're living in. And um, I was refer, referred, shout out to good friend Lance Growth, um, that you would be a great person to talk to as far as the perspective goes on everything going on. But I, I guess to start off, um, Billy is the, the president and CEO of any, or ABC um, Foundation is I guess if you want, start, start by uh, giving us a, a brief glimpse or history into the ABC because that's, that's actually how I met you and I had to you know, remind you a few years ago I came in and I was the guy in the back corner with Lance uh, using your gym to do a little boxing and yeah. then he educated me on, on the, uh, the charity. But I guess that's a good starting point is, is kind of give us a walk through. It's 60 plus years that it's been um, running um, the, the background and mission statement of ABC. Well, it was uh, started... <clears throat> Oh, between 63 and 65 years ago uh, by my dad, Archie Moore. And at the time, it was called ABC Any Boy Can. Mm. Uh, but with the, well, they've always been, I really watched the way that I talk about this uh, because a lady corrected me one day. I said, with the emergence of our powerful, strong women, she says, hold it, young man. She said, we've always been here. We didn't just emerge. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, okay. I said, thank you for the correction. But uh, with the recognition of our women and the strong push and the, and the strength that they've always had in our community and in, in our country, mm. the name was changed to Anybody Can. Mm. opposed to any boy can. Oh, nice. And uh, uh, so we teach our youngsters how to step up in life with their best foot forward, without cowardice, but with courage and dignity. Mm. And ABC is an organization, youth organization, that teaches prevention opposed to rehabilitation. Mm. My dad met with President Eisenhower and wrote a letter to him saying if the United States would go into prevention opposed to rehabilitation, we could save billions of dollars and millions mm -hmm. of lives. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do that. And then I think, oh, probably five, six, seven years ago, Nancy Pelosi made the statement. She said, what we need is prevention, but nobody knows how to do it. And... Uh, ABC has been doing prevention for some 60-plus years. Do you think that's, I mean, what your dad was saying is definitely a foreshadow of the situation we're in now? Well, is. actually, exactly what he said was mm -hmm. the United States is headed for a gang and a drug epidemic. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he said. That's what he put in writing to President Eisenhower. Mm. So what are the, what specifically, because I know boxing is a big catalyst of, of the program. 
the, the kids that are in it, what, what specific uh, prevention tactics are they taught, aside from the, the physical side of it? This is what the problem is. And I'm kind of a, a part of it. When you don't have guidelines, everything is okay. It's okay to lie a little bit. It's okay to cheat a little bit. It's okay to do everything a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if you do it a little bit, it's going to turn into a big bit. But when you take a kid, we catch youth as early as seven years old. And when you teach them the right ways to go, it doesn't mean that they're going to Stay in, stay in those right ways, mm -hmm. but what it does, if they veer, it gives them a mark to come back to. Mm. Yeah. That's what we teach. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I stated earlier, we teach them how to step off in life with their best foot forward without cowardice, but with courage and dignity. We, um, everybody is not going to be a college graduate, but everybody can be a champion in life. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lizette Cadalis, a young lady, she's, uh, I think she won three boxing, uh, boxing titles. She just received a full-ride scholarship to UC Berkeley. Engineering, wow. mechanical. Uh, Isabel Garcia received a full-ride scholarship to Parsons Art School, but she turned it down to go to UCSD. Mm. And I didn't mention earlier, but she also went and spent six weeks in Europe mm. studying. Wow. Uh, she'll be graduating this month. You know, and, uh, and they were both. They went through the ABC's ABC program. ABC. How how young? How young? What's the they, youngest? I guess starting in the program. Well, the youngest we try and get kids as early as seven years old. Okay. And that's when we can cover everything legally mm -hmm. at that age. Mm -hmm. And actually, we need to start them out. Be able to start them out earlier than that. Uh, but uh, we start them at seven. We have Lamar Slater. I think Lamar came in at eight years old. And uh, Lamar is 41 now. Oh, Lamar, wow. uh, uh, he was with me today. Lamar graduated from San Diego, the San Diego school system with honors and went on to Morehouse and graduated with honors. Wow. And uh, it's, uh, I can go on and on and on. I was going to say, you, gotta have a, you have to have a long line of <laughs> boys and, well, now men and women who have gone through the program, who I imagine still keep in touch with you pretty regularly. Well, not only do they keep in touch, but what they're doing now, they're bringing their babies, and mm. they're bringing their husbands, and they're bringing their wives. That's mm. the difference. Mm. That's the difference. No, uh, uh, um, what's so wonderful is when you see a girl <laughs> one, of our, one of our kids came in. She says, Coach, I need to talk with you. I said, what's going on? And I could tell by the way she, was, she approached me that. I said, oh, shucks. I said, what's going on now? <laughs> so, uh, oh, Coach, I need to talk. I said, okay. I said, Coach, uh, 
And I've kind of I've done enough. You know, a lot of my board members, they say, Billy, we don't want to hear about the mistakes you made. We, we, we know you've made some. But I always like to let people know I'm not sitting here <laughs> being like like I've been the good choir boy. Sure, yeah. But uh, so she says, uh, Coach, I need to talk. Can we talk? I say, yeah, we can talk. Coach, I'm a child. And uh, I guess she could tell I was getting ready to lose it. She said, <laughs> Coach, Coach, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> She looked around. She says, honey, come here. She called her husband over. She says, coach, this is my husband. Oh, wow. And uh, that was, uh, that was really something. I was going to say, that's got to be a moment. It was really something. That's a moment. And yeah. And, and she, she was also one that had been through the, the program. Yeah. That's wild. And then uh, we have uh, another kid I'd really like to, uh, uh, Terry Diamond. Terry Diamond has a construction company, one of the finest roofing companies in the city. This is a kid that Terry barely got out, got out of high school. Terry used to get in trouble every single weekend. Mm -hmm. When he came to ABC, he weighed probably about close to 300 pounds. Wow. And now he looks like a, you know, he's all trimmed up and everything. And, <laughs> but... Even though he would get in trouble, I think Terry came to ABC when he was about 16, 17. The uh, Ruby company that he has is one of the finest in the city. Mm, that's great. And this young man, he came uh, about two years ago and knocked on my door. Here's a guy that the police would arrest and I'm not exaggerating, every weekend. Mm. This guy came, says, Coach, can you come out to the car? I said, sure. So I go out to the car, he said, Coach, this is my wife. He introduced me to his wife. Mm. Came back two years later. Hey, Coach, need you to come out to the, gym, to the, uh, to the car again. This is my little daughter. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, it, it, yeah, it does. Yeah. It sounds like something that's, but it's you can come to the gym and meet these people anytime. Yeah, I, I'm sure they want to share that with you because they know you're you're one of the the main reasons that they they have a husband, wife, or a daughter, son, and so I think the first stop that they want to make is probably to your front door to show you because they knew they knew very well the path that they were heading down. Um, so I, don't, I can't blame them. Well. It's not by any good thing that I've done. I give all honor and praise and glory to God. Mm -hmm. Because that's where, whatever I do, that's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes from. And uh, there's another kid that I want to mention. Now we, his name is Martin Nunez. <laughs> Martin is a young man that Came to the gym, I think he was 13 years old. Got in trouble, uh, dropped out, dropped out of school, the whole nine yards. He uh, came back to ABC, and he had some ups and downs. And just to cut through the chase, he was with me today. Uh, him and uh, Lamar Slater, mm. they were both with me. 
Martine got arrested. Martine is now one of our district attorneys. Really? Martine. And he started with you at, when he was 13 years old? Yes, sir. That's incredible. Yes, sir. Then we were out. <laughs> I happened to go to a, uh, to a function with him. He said, Coach, he said, those are the police that arrested me. <laughs> the exact ones? <laughs> oh, my God. Now he's, a, now he's a district attorney. Now he's a district attorney. That is wild. Yeah. That is wild. Yep, and there's a, there's a guy that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him. Uh, talk about all of the things that we do and everything. And Art Wilson. Art Wilson had been, him and I had been together for, I believe, 25 years. He just died about, it's been about a year ago now. Mm. But uh, he was a ref. Or he was with the boxing commission. Yeah. 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 You met him. I did. We, we throw a boxing event. We did a. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. We did a moment of silence for him. It was like the week, week of okay. when he, when yeah. he passed. Yeah. And, uh, but he had, uh, he had been with me for all of those years. And then I probably have one of the finest boards in the country, mm. ABC Youth Board. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Copeland, Murad, Wynn. And uh, it just these are people that we tell all of these stories. Uh, Tom Courtney. Uh, if these people didn't come from the other side of eight mm. down to help. We'd, we'd make it, but it would be a little tougher than what it is. Right. These are people that really give mm -hmm. their all in all to help our kids mm. to step off in life with their best foot forward without cowardice, but mm -hmm. with courage and dignity. I think that's great. And I, I, I want to, it's funny the similarities just hearing Art's name and some of the other people um, that's kind of popping out. And, and, and before we, we, we went live or we went on the camera, uh, you know, I wanted to find out your roots because I know you're, you're very involved with, you've been very involved with law enforcement. And I just watched when, when a lot of this the protesting and stuff broke out, I saw you were on the, the news. I watched you, you do, a, do a news bit. And I kind of asked your history with law enforcement, how you got the relationship you did and, and was really surprised. And I think it's an interesting uh, way to start any relationship, let alone yours. And it started with just a, a walks with the with the chief of police yeah. that still go on this day, years and years later, and a different chief of police later, um, is I guess because I, I want to segue into you know your your perspective on what's going on right now, because um, this isn't new news to you. Um, this isn't this didn't just start right now, um, but how how your involvement and relationship is with law enforcement and your your perspective on it. Well. have to tell it like it is with the way that first of all we have to we have to know how to share love with one another black red white yellow and brown mm -hmm. 
E-G-B-D-F, every good body does fine. That's when we all come together. And that's the way that my relationship started with uh, Chief Zimmerman and Chief Neslett. Mm-hmm. And we, just being open and honest. Mm-hmm. And just like, well, yesterday we were talking and the gentleman, they came to, uh, uh, from the police department to do some taping, some filming, and we went to talking about the marching and the, and the stuff that's going on. And, uh, and so uh, he said, Billy, what do you think? I said, well, I agree with it. I agree with it. Mm-hmm. But we've got to learn how to do better than what we're doing. And that's the way that our conversation went. And one of the things that we want to do is come together and learn about each other. But it has to start. It has to start with opening your eyes to love. Sure. There's no doubt about it. How far away do you think we are from that right now? Well, if you, if you leapfrog over me down to you guys, probably not too far away from it. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, uh, you see just as many or more white kids mm-hmm. marching in the middle of these black and brown kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that we're that far away, but we have to. There's a lot of, you know, it says let the wheat and the tares grow together. That's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Let the wheat and the tares grow together. Uh, my pastor, Dr. John W. Ringgold, is very good at talking about the hundredfold. That's what this ring represents. Uh, some brought 30, some brought 60, some brought 100. Uh, a lot of people think that that means uh, everything tangible. Mm-hmm. But there's tangible and intangible. Tangible and intangible. Yeah. Uh, the intangible is, out of all of the marching that went on, I don't think we lost that many lives. We've lost lives. Any, any life that's lost means something. But it could have been a whole lot worse. Mm-hmm. And that's the intangible. So I, I, I believe that you youngsters, what's going on with you? I, I don't uh, I have an idea. I have an idea. Uh, no, yes, yes, I do because I'm with youngsters every day. Mm-hmm. You guys have a desire to show what you feel in your heart. You have a desire to do that. That's why you see all of the, 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 the different nationalities all across the world mm-hmm. that's marching together. And I don't know if you saw it, I happened to catch the tape and I know we were talking about the police, uh, but this black boy, P. 
picked up, I guess he was one of the guys that was one of the uh, rebel rousers mm-hmm. over in Europe or somewhere. Picked him up and carried him to safety. Did mm-hmm. you see that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and and, and I, I've told people, too, because I, I went down to one of the big... <laughs> One of the big protests here, because I, I just wanted—I wanted to see, to your point, you know, who is involved with this. And there was a there was a lot of, like you said, you know, as there's a lot of white people and other ethnicities out there who are all supporting the same cause. But what I told a lot of people too after seeing it is, I said, you know, a lot of the the, the police officers, and we had a lot out here on the streets, in uniform. I said when they're out of uniform, I think people would be surprised how many of them would also be standing in the protest supporting as well. Yeah. And, and right now they're, they're doing their job. And unfortunately, you know, they're having to take a lot of criticism and like a lot of verbal abuse. But I said, I would, I would wager there's a lot of uh, police officers who would be supporting if they weren't, they're, cl- they're on the clock right now, yeah. you know? And, and, and it's tough because, you know, we're at, we're at such a divide right now that I think what we talked about here before was communication is, is needed more than ever right now. And, and education is needed more than ever right now. And I think educating people on both sides, you know, I think there needs to be an education level on the black lives matter side, but there needs to be education as well coming out on uh, law enforcement, police side of things. So we can somehow marry, marry the two and, and live happily, happily ever after. But right now we've let, the, we've let the pot boil over and we're dealing with a lot of hot water. Well, I think it's not, let me stop saying I think. Uh, the girl I, t- I was sharing with you about, mm-hmm. Lizette Cadalis, the other day, uh, they learned that I, that I had to go and do a TB thing. I said, Coach, what are you going to talk about? And I said, well, I don't really know, uh, Lizette. Uh, said, I probably going to share that all lives matter and see a coach say hold on a minute this here's a 17 year old kid mm-hmm. his coach and she's uh Lizette can be a little be a little she can be a little Andre she said, no 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 she said forget that forget that coach she says this is about black lives matter mm-hmm. this is a Latino girl and actually, I believe that she's going to be the first woman of the woman president of the United States. That's really, what I, believe. I believe that. She told me, she said, "No, no, coach, I don't want to do that." But uh, <laughs> but she says, "No, coach, come on." You said, "We need to stop that." This is this is a problem. She says it's about black lives. Black lives do matter. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm one. Again, I, uh, you'll hear me uh, uh, bring up my pastor quite a bit because a sermon the other week, he was talking about how we need to learn how to listen to our young people. We, us so-called, well, I'm not a politician, but the politicians are people that's supposed to be running everything and doing this and doing that. We have some brilliant young kids. You're right. Brilliant. You're right. And that's one of the things that we need to start doing is listening to our youngsters. Mm-hmm. If we would do that, if we would do that, listen to our youngsters, we'd be a lot further ahead. Yeah, you, and you, you deal with a lot of youngsters. So you're in an interesting position, too, because you deal with a lot of the young kids coming up. You also deal with a lot of the, the law side, so you see their perspective that you, 
you, you're in the middle, in the middle it of both. Up. And do you do you think do you think because I I completely agree, what he says. Listening to the, I I have a I have nieces that are seven and fourteen years old, and I listen to them because that what they're learning and how far ahead they are. Like I take into perspective. Do you think the youngsters are also because they have to have some sort of level of of listening too? Do you feel like they're they're actively listening too? Like like to you or anybody else, like the conversation you had with her when she's saying, no, no, forget that. It's not all lives matter. Do they, do they sit and actually listen equally? These youngsters, you have, you have a, a, a level there. Uh, I had a Zoom with, a, uh, uh, with youngsters. Uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie lives up in Los Angeles. Charlie is, what, eight, nine, ten years old, something like that. And a bunch of other ten-year-olds that's, that's here. We were on Zoom today, mm -hmm. and there's a uh, there's a, a a leap from the uh, eight to ten to the say right before they go into the teenage uh, teenage arena. These kids will sit there and act like they're not paying attention, and can tell you just about everything that you talked about mm -hmm. with another adult mm -hmm. when you get through. That's interesting. So it, it's uh, but but back to our police. I think that we, and I'm speaking from experience. I'm not just throwing out. I think we have one of the finest police departments in the country. The other day, I uh, called uh, Chief Neslett, and. Before I knew it, he had called back because we were calling about a young man that was uh, graduating and we wanted to, his mom asked if the chief could drive by in the wave deal oh, that cool. they're doing. Yeah. And he said, sure. I said, and, it, and it, kind of, it kind of caught me off guard. But really with the relationship that, that we have, I should expect it. Mm -hmm. but that's what he did. Mm. He said, don't worry about it, Billy. He said, that's what we do. And so then when all of this uprising started, the chief himself called back. Mm. He said, Billy, we have an issue going on here, but uh, are we still on? <laughs> I said, yeah, we're still on. And not only did he call back, but two of his sergeants called back. Really? To make sure. Wow. That it went through. So that says a lot without saying a lot. Has he given you feedback on, in general, there? How are they feeling as, and I know we're a regional, we're in San Diego, and, and, and each city, each county, <laughs> Um, across the United States is dealing with different turmoil from the police department. Like I, I just read this morning that uh, a handful of the Atlanta police officers resigned mm. as a result of what happened uh, out there this last week. What's our chief of police uh, feeling or opinion as a department? Do they have a, a, a feeling of hope coming out of this? Are they, I mean, I, I feel like there's got to be certain law enforcement that feel deflated right now, that feel like they're behind the eight ball, um, or is our police department like, you know, are they committed to, to correcting this? Is there signs of hope? Are they, are, like, what is their overall um, feeling right now? That's a good question. Uh, 
the chief and I haven't talked about anything like that, but knowing him the way, from what I, my brief interactions that we've had, he's in it for the hall. Mm -hmm. He's in it for the hall. He's in it to correct anything and everything that needs to be corrected. Mm -hmm. That's the type of man that he is. That's what I believe. That's great. I, I was hoping that'd be the answer, and I hope that that's the answer across the board. And, 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 and also being realistic is I expected there to be officers that resign or might even protest or push back. Um, and the way I describe it, I said there isn't an industry that's excluded from this. You know, I have a, a lot of my friends back in Arizona are firefighters, and, you know, there's occasional firefighters that just might give a, a bad reputation, but there's so many that give a good reputation. And I even said in, uh, in sports, in professional sports, you have – you have pro athletes who some have committed murder, some have committed like terrible crimes, but, but across the board, that doesn't mean every person in that sport um, should be misrepresented. Unfortunately, right now, it, it seems like the representation has gotten slandered so bad that if you're an officer, it, 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 your day-to-day -day take is this is a, a position of honor. And right now, I feel like we're so far away from that. Well, I think that, well, we have some leaders in this city starting with our clergy and our civic leaders that, and I'd like to throw Lance Grow in that, mm -hmm. that are on top of things in order to make things better. Mm -hmm. I mentioned the clergy first because prayer a lot of mm -hmm. people won't agree with me, uh, but that's okay. Uh, but I know what it's done for me, and I know what it's done for some others. That's where it starts at. Mm -hmm. If we want to, they call this the finest city in the country. Um, Chief Zimmerman and our Mayor Faulkner, we, ran, we all happened to run into each other before uh, uh, Zimmerman's term ended. And we all agreed that we were going to work together in making San Diego, California the, the example for mm -hmm. the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. And after she stepped down, I believe that mantle, I believe Nesbitt picked that mantle up mm -hmm. to, hey, Billy, let's keep working together. I haven't seen the, the mayor since then, but... He's doing his part. He's mm -hmm. doing his part. But so, if we can get more people on your show here, people that can make a difference in what they say and in what they can do, uh, with Chief Nesnit, Chief, Zim Chief Zimmerman, mm -hmm. I believe you can get them on here. Yeah. I think that'd be nice. That's a, that's a goal. And uh, we, you know, when... When COVID-19 happened, and now with this happening, um, we have a, we had a, s a certain uh, mission statement here, who, the guests we bring on, what we talk about, and we decided to, it was so important with what's going on in the world that we needed to switch a little bit of our agenda and bring on people to talk about. We talked about the, the, the pandemic, the health pandemic, mm -hmm. and we brought people on here to talk about that. You're, you're the first person that, and I don't think the last person to bring on and, and start talking about this. And hopefully what that does 
is it gets other people talking about it. Okay. Um, and, and I think a lot of people are at least starting to open the conversation because to, for a while it started feeling taboo to talk about, you know, if you're white talking about black relations and if you're a police officer talking about that. It, I, I'm hoping that this at least, you know, puts down everybody's guard and, and we're, we're able to, to have open discussions um, on both sides. Well, and I'm not, I hope people don't take this out of perspective. Uh, politically correct, whatever that is, I don't know what it is. Say what's on your heart. Mm -hmm. Say what you feel. Mm -hmm. That's the way we get through this. Mm -hmm. Don't say what everybody makes everybody feel good. Yeah. So I got to tell you, yeah. with that in mind, because it was, it was important to me, uh, and uh, I, I write a lot. Okay. Um, and especially during stuff like this, uh, uh, writing's like an outlet. And I wrote and posted on social media a couple of weeks ago um, because obviously racism is a big topic of discussion right now, if not the biggest. And uh, I, I had a unique story and I felt like, you know what, right now is the time to share and hopefully disrupt some of the stuff that's just being put out on social media. And so I wrote the story. Um, I told you I moved from Chicago to Arizona and I was really young. I was three or four years old. And when I moved, the first person I could, I could call and think back on that was a friend, your first friend of your life. I was four years old. I met in preschool. His name was Jared. He's black. And he had a, a black mom and a white dad. And he was actually adopted. He was adopted. His brother um, was an actual, um, he was a, a son of both the, the parents. But I, I got integrated into their family and he got integrated in my family and we grew up together. Um, I was at his house as much as I was at my own house. And so I, I wrote this because I said I had a really unique relationship with racism because it was my first friend and there was, I, I didn't see any divide and I grew up and they were my second family. My family was his second family. And, and we never had to sit down and have a specific conversation about like the do's and don'ts and what, you know, race at all because my, my, my mom, his mom just showed it by, they led by example. They, his mom treated me. I still talked to her. I was in Arizona. And I was texting her when I was back there. She still treats me like I'm, I'm her son and vice versa. And she would scold me the same way she would, you know, um, compliment me as, as young and as old as I'll be. And my mom, same. It was unique because uh, Jared, he passed away. So he passed away right before I moved out here. Um, what's that? How old was he? He was 25. Um, but when I, when I wrote this, he, his brother... He ended up uh, sharing a, a handful of stories on social media about um, run-ins with, run-ins with the law. Oh, you need that. I know she's calling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just, just hit me okay. if you can. Yeah. No worries. Um, but by posting it and sharing it, I. Uh, I got his, because Jared passed away, but I got his, his brother, he shared some stories about, you know, growing up and, and they had, they, they, his, his dad was a, a, a podiatrist, who's a doctor, um, and mom had a great job, so they had a great house, household, same way on, on our end, yeah. um, but he, he ended up sharing some stories because right now he's being vocal about what's going on and shared some stories that he had running in like mistreatment by, by law enforcement, um, just, just, just different treatment in general. And it's always important for me to hear that because I never knew that. And, and I grew up and, and, and this, was, this was a guy whose household I grew up in. I never even knew that was going on. So I guess my question is, is 
where do you stand as far as, you know, there's a lot, lot more young, middle-aged, older people who are being vocal about stories or run-ins like that, that I, that I think it's important to get out there. But how, where do you feel we're at with that as, as opposed to where we used to be um, with just, just treatment in general? We're in that, we're in that area to where people are wanting to come out and be vocal. There's still hesitation about it, mm -hmm. but we're kind of between a rock and a hard spot. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. And we can't, we can't go back in. Sure. It's got to come out. Um, no matter what, I have a, a friend, Chris Herons. Uh, he lives up in Oceanside. Uh, Chris is a heck of a writer in town here. He's a white fella. We were talking this morning. He said, Billy, Trent is a black guy from uh, Australia. He said, Billy, he said, I apologize to Trent. He said, Trent, I don't know what I've done to you. I, I said, but whatever it possibly could have been, he said, I apologize. He said, Billy, I apologize, but I don't know what I'm apologizing for. Mm -hmm. Well, you have a lot of people that's done some wrong things, mm -hmm. unjust things to people. And you have so many people during the Martin Luther King era, a whole lot of white people died. Mm -hmm. White folk died. Helping with the marches for us to overcome. So what we need to do and what needs to take place, those people that need to talk about those things, they need to come out and talk about them. Mm -hmm. And the people that don't know why they're apologizing, like Chris asked me, what he's feeling is what others have done. Mm -hmm. And that's what those that feel like he feels has to help to overcome that. Sure, yeah. Do you, because you've, you have the experience to see, you've seen a lot of generations back as far as times go um, and treatment goes, how do you think we stand now, now, current day, versus all the past years and what you've at least seen yourself? Um, well, be truthful with you? Yeah. It seems like there's probably more going on right now than what was going on a generation ago. Mm -hmm. And not in a good way. Mm -hmm. Not in a good way. Because it kind of, uh, A person of color 
You wake up. And you look out. And you could say, you know, I could probably say, well, I don't run into a lot of issues. I can say that. But you never know. Mm-hmm. And that's what you, and that's what happens. You never know. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to make a, a good assessment of, because of the people that's around me and that I go around. As I just mentioned some to you all ago, the Marads, the Copelands, the mm-hmm. Wins, the uh, Courtney's. Um, but just like a lot of the people that's talking now, after you pass that first wave, you don't know what great white shark is out there waiting. Mm-hmm. So that's why. It's more of you all around, you youngsters, than of those that are my age. Sure. Right. And, it, and it's going to take you guys. It's going to take you guys to show and to, and, to, and, to, and, to, and to squash that stuff. I agree. That's what it's going to take. I agree. And, I mean, and to see what we're seeing, these white kids stepping up, Think they just had a, a big rally out in La Jolla. When was that? Last week? Mm-hmm. That was a time you wouldn't have had that in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're having, they're happening in every neighborhood. Every neighborhood, yeah. city. And, uh, I mean, when it was really surreal is when you started seeing them happen outside the U.S. Like, they're happening over, yeah. over in Europe and all over the world right now. So, I, and I, I, th- I think something I t- told you on the phone was... I, I feel the purpose of a protest is to draw attention to a topic. Yeah. And I, uh, I haven't seen a lot of protests in my day or year, uh-huh. years, but I would imagine the protests that are going on right now, we haven't had more attention drawn to a specific topic, maybe ever. Ever. Not ever. And, and so my opinion now is we have the attention. So now what are we going to do with it? Now, this is the thing that we have to. We've got to keep. We got to keep going. We've yeah. got to keep going. We 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 can't get here. We can't get here. And then it does this. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep going. And and from what it looks like to me, you guys are prepared mm-hmm. to keep going. And I was talking with uh, some some of my age group the other day. We have to get involved. We have to be involved and to help our youngsters keep going. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, now that we have the attention, we have to keep going because what's happened traditionally with our generation is we get so much built up attention and buzz around a topic and then it fizzles off. Okay. I don't think this is one that that, that should happen to. Um, it has the likelihood if history repeats itself, it shouldn't. And I think someone, someone's, including us, you know, they need to put together what, what specifically do we want to do? You know, no, what, no, what, hold on. You guys have to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Because, Agreed. okay, and the reason why I say that, it's you have people that's in my generation that's been doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, mm-hmm. but I think it's my generation that's kind of supposed to be running things now, but yeah. but it doesn't seem like it's, it's some good people there, but we need to take you youngsters and actually what ABC is getting ready, ready to do, Terrence Shig. Uh, Terrence Shig is our COO, a uh, heck of a guy. Mm-hmm. He's a former uh, retired Border Patrol agent. And uh, uh, he was the president of the, of the Port Border Patrol Union. Him and I are going to walk the streets next week. And we're going to talk to people at the grassroots level. That's good. That's what we're going to do. That's good. And because it's, uh, we have a lot of uh, young men and young women that's standing on the street corners that's kind of gotten lost in the shovel, but they have good minds. Mm-hmm. Good minds. And a lot of them, all somebody needs to do is go and Ask them what they think. And that's what we're going to do. Where are you walking? We're going to start at right around, uh, well, you know where the gym is. Mm-hmm. We're going to start right in that block. There's some, uh, some folk that I've been knowing there for forever. Mm. And uh, I can remember when. <laughs> and uh, that's where we're going to start at. Do you, because going back to, because I, I agree, our generation should be the one that keeps pushing this ball forward. There's, a, there's a, a lot of talk around and a lot of push around um, the defunding police departments. Yeah. And, and I guess you better than anyone, I wanted to know your, because it helps hearing, it helps getting advice and your take on, on a topic like that for the people who are pushing that initiative. What is, what is your, your opinion on, on the people pushing it? Because it's a really big conversation right now. And it's a big conversation. What we need to do is, is step up and do what we need to do. Uh, police... Uh, order is needed. Order is needed. But what we've done is let order get out of control. Mm-hmm. We've let it get out of control. Now, I don't know if we elected the wrong, I mean, uh, 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 wrong people or however that stuff goes, because I really don't, uh, uh, I mean, I do politics, but we've kind of let it get out of control. Mm-hmm. And we need to go through, I would imagine, I've uh, never been on the inside of a police department. Uh, I don't know how all of that goes. What I've learned, I've learned it from the men that I'm around. And, uh, but it seems like there's uh, some foundations that needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. I think there's also going back to your your dad's original mission statement is preventative care. Is I've had on I actually two episodes ago we had a firefighter on who's 16 years on the job. Um, a couple before him we had a guy on who ran for uh, he ran from San Diego to New York City a straight run 50 miles a day. Yeah, yeah for, uh, I saw that. Military um, uh, military veteran suicide awareness. And it's interesting the time we're right now and going off what your your dad's original mission statement was a preventative. 
is I think my personal opinion is when you become a police officer, you have to go through a lot of uh, testing, background, academy, all that. There is a, a substantial amount of qualifications you have to get to, to get into the program. But what I'm curious to know, and this could be a good question for the chief, is you know if with anything, whether you're a boxer, you're a firefighter, or anything, the more time you accumulate on the job, uh, that can adjust your, your, your impression on the job. It also can, when, when you're a police officer and, and when you're brand new versus 10 years on, when you're 10 years in, you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot. A lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of mistreatment. You know, and, and I think what I, what I feel as part of, instead of the defund or reform is, are they keeping tabs on, on officers' heads up here? Because you go on certain calls or you have certain days on the job that can really throw you off up here. And do you have an outlet that you're able to talk to to get that out of your system? Or are we letting these officers carry it with them and then they take it out on the next person. You know, you know what? I mean, this is what we need to do. We need to get you and Chief Nesbitt together. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Uh, I, I, I said I would, so, I would, I would so love... So we can work through that. I would love to talk because I, I think we, we underestimate... It, 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 and, and you can speak on this too with, in boxing. You've seen boxers that they might still physically be able to, to play the sport, but up here, and vice versa, you know, like... They, they might have the headspace go, but they, they like it, it's keeping tabs. And, and once you've been in the quote unquote ring for a long time, uh, you build up a certain uh, a new perspective on, on the sport or your profession. And whether it's someone they sit down with. And, and I talked to the guy who was on here who ran for military suicide um, veteran aware or military veteran suicide awareness. And I said, we need to have a program for these guys who are getting discharged and out of the military that they can talk to people about everything they saw and talk to them on a regular basis and make sure, you know, the space between their ears isn't too, um, hasn't been compromised too much because then what are they going to do? They're going to go out and some of them commit suicide or they can, they commit bad acts. And, and the same goes for police officers, the stuff well, that they see, we, everybody else who's a civilian and has a normal job. They don't go. They don't put their 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 suit or uniform on each day, and potentially have someone who who might kill them, might threaten their life. And you have enough of those over the course of five, ten, fifteen, twenty years on the job. You're a different person. And there might be someone who, whether it's a third party company or the police department that employs someone who says, "Hey, you've seen way too much in your time on the job. We need to move you over well, that's here." That's why we need people such as yourself. To step forward. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But you're making a whole lot of sense. I think this is this is because me make this is me and us making the step in that direction. Is is that that's the first time I've actually put it out and I mean with a camera rolling, put out my, my thoughts in it because I'm I don't want to add to all the opinions that are getting thrown out there. Well, until that's, I uh, until uh, I really do well, my well, education. Well, that's really kind of a uh, I don't know if it's an opinion. I think it's a push to do something. Mm hmm. Uh, actually, uh, I'm going to, no, your next guy you need to bring on here is Terrence Sheik. I've talked to Terrence. We've been on emails. Okay. Yeah, I know Terrence. I think we've met okay. him once or twice in well, person. Well, you and, uh, uh, he's a guy that's been involved in a lot of that, and you just got through saying some of the same things that he's been saying. Mm-hmm. And, and, and using, I mean... Using the situation that, that started all these protests um, with George Floyd is what stuck out to me that was, was so alarming is 
and because all four officers now have been arrested, is the main guy, uh, Chauvin, Officer Chauvin. He was the highest ranking officer there. He was the, the FTO, the field training officer. So he was the guy setting the example. The other guys were the quote unquote youngsters. One guy, I think it said it was his fourth day on the job. Wow. So for starters, I think what I'm, what I'm saying is, is a guy like Officer Chauvin, someone needs to get inside of his head and he's had, I think, 17 years on the job. They need to figure out what's going on inside of your head and, and are you maybe be past your time that you should not be out serving the public. And furthermore, you're now setting the example sure. for other, <laughs> other officers and they're watching their training officer and now guess what, that's their education. Well, that's why, you know, this is what the kids tell me. They coach. Say, you've done some things, huh? Say, what are you talking about? Say, coach, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> kids say, coach, you're one of us. <laughs> so that's where I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay one of the kids. Yeah, yeah. My wife tells me all the time, don't let those kids get you in trouble. <laughs> so I'm one of them. I think that uh, uh, we got to get him. I love to. I love to. Huh. <laughs> you and Terrence need to talk. Definitely. So, so e even with us saying, like, our generation is on moving it, are you, is this something with what's going on right now? And I know I caught you on the news and now we have you on here talking. Is this something that you see, you forecast that you're going to keep a voice involved with? Or how, I guess, how involved no, or not involved? I have to stay involved. I have to stay involved. Mm -hmm. That's what I figured. I have to. I think Unless it's. I have, have kids that's coming up. Mm hmm. So you I think, have to. You think now, now is probably more important than ever that your voice stays heard, especially yes. people, kids in the program. Yes. Because right now, kids in your program and kids outside your program, there's a whole different path to go. Five? It's five o'clock now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a choice. Mm hmm And I'm not looking for a choice. I know somebody was talking about retirement. Retire and do what? Mm-hmm. This is a... I've been to over 50 different countries. Traveling with my pastor, uh, Ringo, and his wife, Donna, and my wife, over 50 different countries, been in some kind of hairy situations. We live in the greatest country in the world. And I'm speaking from experience. Those of us that has one of these We've got to continue daily to step off in life with our best foot forward, without cowardice, but with courage and dignity. I agree. And we can do that. And we keep coming on these shows. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys have a good show here. Uh, and, and you youngsters with all this social media and all that kind of stuff, uh, you need to keep it going. I agree. Coach, I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking time, too. I know you got... You're a busy man. Yeah, because I know one thing. Uh, 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 yeah, you make sure you get this on air. Because <laughs> I, I need some support. Now, my wife put me out because she's been sitting down and waiting on me. 
now, now he lives downtown. I've been having a desire to come downtown and stay for a while. So, <laughs> well, I appreciate you staying this long, and we all know wife's the boss. So, um, you married? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, um, well I need. To, well, I can come down and hang out with you guys. Okay. <laughs> hey, the door is always open. Door is always open, and I and I told you I got to get back over to the gym once you once the gym's back. Okay, open well, I'd like too. to, and, and I'd like to come back here. Definitely, I'm gonna follow up with you too on uh, getting the chief on, talking okay. to, to Terrence as well, because this is these are really productive conversations. That we'll we call chief having. tomorrow. I appreciate that. We'll call him tomorrow, and we'll call, reach out to Shelly tomorrow too. That'd be great. We owe you. You don't owe me thank, thank you for taking the what time, you, coach. What you do is just just tell me like my young kids tell me, coach, you're one of us. That's good enough for me. Well, you're one of us. Thank you, Coach. The old folk, they say, oh, you think you're young. I say, well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Coach.